0: A counselor, a coach, and a spiritual director walk into a bar. What comes next is either the greatest punchline of all time or a conversational cocktail that could change your life forever. Jake, Liz, and John are offering you a unique three-way perspective on common mental, emotional, and spiritual struggles. Only you know which perspective you need the most. So grab your favorite beverage, listen in, and decide who you're gonna call <laughs> well welcome everyone back to who you gonna call we are an episode i have no idea which one but that one and uh liz jake how are you guys doing this evening great great tired good. but we're good
1: jake you're fibbing you're sick
0: <laughs> <laughs> jake is sick and has a newborn and Yay. all will be wonderful
1: <laughs>
0: Yay. so what do you guys uh bring in uh to your drinks this evening.
1: I I don't know how to say it. I think it's is it Shiraz, guys? <laughs> it's a red wine. I don't know. Sure, it, we'll
2: go with that. It's a red wine. Yeah. <laughs> Just go with it. Um nice. I'm drinking I'm drinking coffee. So, I'm going to oh. stick with the 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 bitter. Nice. Nice.
0: I have <laughs> I have here a a lovely uh homemade mint hot chocolate. Mm adult Ooh,
1: version. that's fun! I like yeah. I like how you put that in there, the adult version. Well, you know,
0: I'm an adult, so I might as well. Marshmallows, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Extra exactly.
1: marshmallows, all the marshmallows. The big ones want. that are size of
0: baseballs. That's in. Yes,
1: there. those are the best.
0: <laughs> adult size, Can't yes. can even put exactly.
1: in the hot chocolate.
0: <laughs> exactly, because I'm an adult, and an I'm adult. a parent, and I can show my my kids that.
1: So I, I someone said that one time where they said that. um Give your kids each a cookie and then eat five in front of them to te- to teach them to hate injustice.
0: <laughs> that's great.
1: <laughs> that would work Good for me as a it. I like yeah, that. Right? Yeah, there yeah. Go. We're, all, we're all about the parenting tips here.
0: <laughs> well, and that's a great segue into what I thought we could talk about this evening. So each one of us is uh, has kids. I've got five. Liz, you have four. Jacob, four. you just have two, right? Mm-hmm. Um, boys and girls, all around.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, what I thought was kind of interesting was, um, in each one of our our areas of expertise, we've gone through training to help us become better and to help other people become better. And I don't know about you guys, but when I was going through spiritual direction training, there were a lot of skills that I didn't have or rediscovered during the process mm-hmm. of of uh, of the training that I found mm-hmm. myself using. Or knowing I should use, sometimes it depends on the day, which one that is, um, for my parenting. So one of the the uh, stories that I can think of right now is one of our kids was just having just a rough time of life. There were attitudes all around. I know your kids have no attitudes ever. And this no, is just a, just, just my family. None of the other families perhaps <laughs> listening to this ever have attitudes. But every now and then, at least one of my kids has some attitudes so this one child was was just having a rough few weeks, like acting out and just uh, overall a very angry kind of person. Um, and so it, during this time, I went off for my two weeks of spiritual direction training, and part of that, that two-week uh, session was on reflective listening. And reflective listening, for anyone who's not familiar with that, is you're listening to someone... Shutting your mouth, you're identifying the feeling behind it, and then you are uh, reflecting back to them. So I hear you say this, or that sounds frustrating, or you know you're identifying it and presenting it to them, which can then allow the person who shared to go deeper or correct you. Um, but it pr- gives them almost permission and being f- being heard. Um, mm. So as I was going through spiritual direction training with this reflective listening, um, and came back. Uh, child was, was, you know, acting out, um, I thought, well, maybe I should exercise some of these skills with this child. So it was late at night. The child had, um, just had a rough evening. It was not, not a pretty picture perfect, um, prayer time for the family. Mm
3: -hmm. So I had
0: the, I had the child, Notice I'm not saying which one is a boy or girl because sometimes they <laughs> listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
1: they even know who Very they wise. are. Very wise. And it's respectful too. You wouldn't yeah, give yeah. your directees name either.
0: Right. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I had this child sit on the sit on the couch and I sat down there and I said, Okay, so child, what what's going on? And they give a little bit of like just the huff and puff and blow the whole house down <laughs> and gave a story. And I I listened. I had this urge to like jump in and like kind of correct things and answer and say, you know, you've got the wrong mindset or, you know, you are so blind to this. But I was like, no, 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 I'm going to exercise reflective listening in this. So as I heard this child relaying something, I identified that there was a lot of uh, frustration of certain things. So I simply said, you know, so you're frustrated. Yeah, I'm frustrated and enraged and like it kept going it must have been a two-hour conversation um with this back and forth and by the end of the of the evening this child there was a tangible difference i could see in the child now they were still a little bit angsty but the next morning this child was like a completely new child we hadn't seen this child in the past i don't know several weeks and my wife was like what happened what what just happened (laughs) And all I could think of was, wow, this skill of reflective listening worked mm. not only with for spiritual direction, but it's a, like a basic human skill that I was able to employ to help my own parenting. Um, <coughs> and, and even it's helped with my being a spouse too. So that's just one snippet of like these skills and training has helped my my parenthood and my marriage. I wondered if you guys have experienced that.
1: It's funny. you You made me think of A similar situation I had with my, I guess he was five at the time, my son one time. And uh, we've been trained specifically to help people process their emotions. And there's a list of questions that you ask. And they felt like really silly questions when I first learned about them because you're asking people. And I'm sure Jake, you know, Jake knows all these things, but what color is it? What texture is it? Where is it in your body? You know, is it moving? Is it fast or slow? All of these questions. And then as we get farther into it, we start to bring Jesus into the imagery and ask people, what does he do? Does he say anything? You know, does he change the image? Does his being there change anything for you? And I had a child who was just sort of a similar situation. He was just sort of in in our case, he was being kind of belligerent and just not receptive. And he had opinions and he was very upset, just hugely emotional. And it suddenly hit me to start asking him questions. And I really didn't think he'd know the answers. You know, I, I didn't think he would be that aware, but I asked him what color it was and he knew the color. And I asked him the texture and he knew the texture. And then I asked him if we could invite Jesus into this moment. And he said, yes. And I said, What does Jesus do? And he burst into just these really sincere tears and said, he would hold me. And I started to cry because I was like, (laughs) what a beautiful image. And I had this opportunity as his mom to witness this moment between him and the Lord. And I wouldn't have been able to do that if I didn't have these tools. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have been able to have this parenting moment. I would have put him in his room and given him a timeout or taken away a privilege or demanded that he, you know, you can, a big thing in our family is you can cry, but you can't bring the whole house down with you. Like Mm -hmm. there can't be wailing. There can't be huge. Like you're the center of attention by all means, cry, feel your feelings, but you can't control the rest of us. You can't try to do that with your emotions, but Mm -hmm. these tools helped me step in with him for a moment and work through his emotions in a productive way, hmm. and ultimately, literally have a come-to-Jesus moment, which is really cool. I
2: think, Liz, that's you awesome. just won the mother of the year award I mean, that's, that's Praise pretty God.
1: Amazing. <laughs> well, the, the year is, you know, it's late in the year. Somebody had to win.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Got a quarter to fill or something. Ooh, just bye, running at
1: the last second.
2: <laughs> well, I wonder, Liz, how, how did you discern that moment? I mean like you said you could have gone another way
1: mm-hmm. you know i i mean i think it was a holy spirit moment honestly because mm-hmm. i have these tools and i'm really good at using them for my clients but i'm not necessarily good at using them for my family and i cuz i separate the two i go well these are my mm-hmm. clients and they're asking me to coach them and really we're taught not to coach people who don't ask to be coached mm-hmm. you know it's mm-hmm. it's a it's treading on their free will unless you ask them to Like you invite them, you can say, would you like to be coached on this? But clearly my son is very young. I couldn't ask him that question easily, but I was just like, well, I know how to answer, ask interesting questions. Let me just start asking questions and see if it helps him. So it really just felt like a Holy Spirit moment and God showing me what was possible that, you know, I I think I'm sure you guys will (laughs) understand my emotions. I think we're being hit over the head with gentle parenting online Mm -hmm. and I can feel very resentful about it because it seems like all you're telling me is that the kid is never at fault and I am always at fault. And if I were a better parent, I'd be able to show up calm and patient and perfectly all the time. And that no matter what I'm going through, I need to have my act together 24 seven. And that feels very heavy and exhausting to me. Mm -hmm. But this was just this opportunity to kind of take these tools and just think, you know what? I'm not going to be angsty mom. I'm going to take, I'm going to take five minutes and just ask my kid a couple of more probing questions and see what happens. Hmm. Maybe nothing happens. Maybe he's like, I don't understand any of these questions. This is weird. And I'll be like, okay, out, I'm out. I won't do it. You know, but I'll ask the questions and I'll see what happens. And it ended up being a really grace filled moment for both of us.
2: Wow. How have, how have you, John and Liz, in your attempt to further that discussion or that reflective listening, which is in the counseling world we call that active listening. So go figure. <laughs> um to maintain a calm in yourself mm. to then explore those emotions, to then having that deeper conversation with your kids. I
0: think for for me it's remembering that it's not about me at this moment. It's mm-hmm. really trying to to be in in their world in some sense. What is their um what is their viewpoint? stepping outside of myself as, as dad, who's been, you know, in this world for 35, 36, I don't even know how old I am,
2: years. <laughs> you're 36. Uh, Ask your wife. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're
1: 36. I know because I'm about to turn 36. So we're right. I'm right behind you.
0: Hey, happy birthday. Hey.
1: <laughs> and tomorrow. But
3: thank you. <laughs> right,
0: right. right. <laughs> but just that getting outside of, outside of myself and remembering that they're still learning how to do this whole like human living thing. Like mm. I can look at them and I can look at them and know perhaps what they're thinking or feeling. Perhaps I'm recognizing something that I have felt myself when I was in their shoes and maybe even try to go, well, I wish this is what I was happening for me, but that would mm-hmm. simply be repeating my own story in my child. But my child is unique and irrepeatable. There may be echoes of me because of, you know, they're my child um, but they are not me. So simply doing the same exact thing that would have worked for me or that I wished I would have had or just to say, oh, you just feel this way because I feel this way exactly in this case is mm-hmm. not fair to them. Um, it's not fair to me. So just to try to hear how the, how they have entered this uh, this particular situation kind of helps me, you know, when I have my cool and I'm actually present to making those rational decisions and not just like, why are you... Thinking this way. <laughs> I don't know. You don't know. <laughs> really? You don't know?
1: <laughs> it's like it's like the moment when you yell, stop yelling, you know, yes. like that. Right. And you're like, I'm yelling. I'm literally like, yep. I want my child to have perfect emotional regulation mm. and I don't have perfect emotional regulation. I know most adults don't have the ideal emotional regulation and mm-hmm. we're all... Alls we've learned generally, not all of us have learned this. Alls we've learned is not to throw things and scream in public. Mm-hmm. That's it. But we don't necessarily know how to, how to handle our emotions. We don't know how to show up well. And I like what you said about putting the kind of like turning the gaze back on the child. It's, you know, in coaching, we talk about, put the spotlight back on your client. If you feel like you're talking too much, the spotlight goes back on your client, you know, and I feel the same way about parenting. If you keep that spotlight on the kid and what does that child need? What might they be feeling? Even just the concept, I think it was St. Thomas Aquinas who said that anger is a combination of sorrow and hope, that it's Mm -hmm. these other two very vulnerable emotions that are really easy to be compassionate Mm -hmm. with. So if you Mm -hmm. can take your eyes off your kid's anger and think, I wonder what they're sad about and I wonder what they're hoping for. Mm -hmm. You know, it just kind of brings it down. Now, how often I do that in the moment is iffy. But right yeah yeah it's like those ideals ideals
0: and skills but then the actual like force of the will and habit to to resort to those
1: and even what you said about trying not to just do what you needed at that time i think we have such a pendulum swing in our heads of well i didn't get this so my kids need it all the time and it's like actually Mm. they might not need it at all because they're Mm not me you know so Mm -hmm. even that's interesting
2: How about you, you Talk. uh, No, I appreciate that (laughs) that observation. I can definitely see how that awareness slows the time down from the stimuli or from the incident to the reaction or to my chosen response. Um, That if I sit in those shoes for a brief moment, how might that actually change the interaction um, and my relationship with them? Mm. Um, Because how it's parenting or counseling has counseling has impacted me as a parent. There are different components. So I'll say this. I have a client who reached out. So I'll give you a story. I have a client who reached out to me a couple a month or two ago. Um and we signed her up she was a college student so like we signed her up um Ready for, for counseling the next week. Over the weekend, she reached out and said, Look, I'm um, I i do not think I can come to therapy. Um because um, my parents aren't willing to to pay for therapy. Um and so I was, and so in the back of my mind, um, I actually got angry or frustrated. Um, I guess the same thing, very similar, but um to the parent is to see that your child is needing or wanting counseling. Um, and you're saying no to it, so I was like, that's fine, come on, pro bono, that's fine because I definitely think um you're worth it, so that kind of kicked it off because I was kind of in my head with now you know, my son is three, and I just have a newborn daughter of three of one week, so the idea of relationship with your kids is very, very. In the forefront of my head, because I see it in my sessions, where my clients, especially my young adults, they're broken and they've been hurt, traumatically, tragically, um, significantly, by their parents, um, either neglectfulness, um, the emotional abuse that I see that go through my my um, my doors, on on the levels of feeling worthless because my dad, you know, never gave me the time of day because my dad constantly criticized me or or how I looked. Or uh, with a lot of young men I've seen, um, I was never good enough, you know, um, from their dad. And in particular to the component of dad, uh, obviously the mother relationship has significant impact on my clients as well. But so when it comes to parenting, It's uh, an awareness that what I see in my sessions, I am going to strive to not let happen to my kids. Um, If I can help it. Now, there are a couple of things with that. A, I'm on the beginning front end, right? So Mm -hmm. three, you know, five years married. So like I'm on the beginning of the race. Um, And so this is more of like My journey now in this season is awareness, is collecting and noticing the data, um, noticing what I'm seeing in session, you know, with that empathy and compassion to really call myself on that. um, If my daughter wants to go to counseling and she asks for help, hell yeah, I'm going to help you. (laughs) Um, Because I believe in the product, I suppose you can say that but I also believe in healing in that component, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: a capacity. So with that being said, one of the significant things has impacted me is the attachment, the relationship, making sure I'm um, aware that that is a very valuable part. And a valuable part now, um, scientific research has shown that the years between zero to four years old is such a vital time mm-hmm. in the context of an attachment to the parents that there are a range of right and wrong ways to do it, you know? And depending on how that ha- turns out to be, does set a certain directory of where your kids will end up or the maturity and the development. Um, and so those are just kind of the things that I, I'm keenly aware of. Um, another part of how it's been helping me. So one of the classes we took in um, in our master's class is on human development, and I mm-hmm. we were just married, so you know we didn't have Austin until a year and a half after, you know, later. You know, so two years after we got married. But I was always like excited to have a kid, or at least you know a young kid, a baby. A toddler, (laughs) so I could do like quote unquote experiments on. Um, (laughs) Yes, you were my guinea pig. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Like, okay, you know, I I learn in class that you do. uh,
1: My friend calls her oldest a canary in a coal mine. We're just testing. See how it goes.
2: (laughs) Don't worry. There's therapy after if you (laughs) exactly, exactly. Um, And so, and so, in in a certain capacity too, I think I've learned just you know the value of, especially with having a boy and now having a daughter. That with a boy, he needs movement. Mm -hmm. You know, so like making sure I provide him that movement, providing him my time um, and my attention. You know. Um, I'm sure with my daughter it's going to be very similar, you know. But there are definitely distinctions between a, a son and a daughter.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but knowing some of the the research, you know, um, that has that I've been learning through my studies um, has impacted my um, research in the basis of counseling with my work with my clients. Is okay. Wh- what does human behavior look like? You know, what are the whys to that? Um, funny enough To say it's my parents fault It's like yeah You go to therapy Because all oh, my parents It's like <laughs> yes and no Like It's not all your parents fault You mm-hmm. have responsibility But that relationship Is so vital mm-hmm. At such a, a young age um, That work may need to be done On those different levels mm-hmm. um, And then birth order Goes a long, a long way into mm-hmm. it too mm-hmm. um, As to where you fall into it um, And so my, the science that I've learned how that is impacted my way of counseling and understanding the whys behind people's behaviors and emotions and the suffering has impacted me to maybe help me to avoid pitfalls as a parent as to like, oh yeah, you know, developmentally we don't do this or developmentally we do this instead um, has, has given me a more awareness. Um, I have, I'll be honest with you guys. I have not read a parenting book. Mm It's probably better off that way. Probably better off that
1: way. I, I, I just avoided all the, aside from, I think I had what to expect when you're expecting when I was pregnant Mm -hmm. with my first, but I pretty much don't read parenting books because it's confusing, honestly.
2: mm -hmm. Well, and I'm not making the claim that I know, you know, know everything. I just realized that I read my parenting books when I was in in
1: school. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and I think it also gives you the permission to step into who you are as a parent instead of who yeah. someone else thinks you should be as a parent. Yeah. You know, there's such a uniqueness to your own personality, to your background, to your spouse's background, to what you bring together as a couple, um, your values. I the one the one quote unquote parenting book, really just a family book that I've read is um The Three Big Questions for the Frantic Family by Pat Lynchioni, mm. And uh he has this this thought that you pick like three values that really mean a lot to your family and then order your life around those values. And as Mm -hmm. soon as I heard that concept, I was like, that's so unique because, you know, it's your values are something that are so important to you that you'll take them too far and that you'll actually, they'll actually become a vice if you're not paying attention. So I was recognizing that in our family, courtesy is a really big deal to the mm. point where we'll be people-pleasy sometimes. But uh, mm. when you reel it back in that it's so important for us to show up asking people like, how can I help you? What do you need? You know, that's just something that specifically my husband brought to the table and it's just made yeah. a big part of our life. That's just an example. But I think the other thing that you said that just struck me is that, you, you know, you've got all these tools to approach parenting in a very specific way, Jake, but you also know this tool that's available if your kid needs it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so beautiful that like, not only do you have the ability to potentially pave the way for a better childhood than some people get because their parents don't know these things or are Mm -hmm. broken themselves or whatever, but you also know that that tool is there if something does happen because childhood it's not just parents there are a lot of people in a kid's life who can cause trauma and maybe the parents are great but grandma isn't or uncle so and so or you know or a bully at school and there might still be childhood trauma they need to work through that has nothing to do with their parents and you know that this tool exists and you're willing to use it and i just think that's an instant win for your kids yeah yeah you know
3: Mm -hmm.
0: as both Mm -hmm. of you were talking i was wondering so all of us are married we have these tools personally how have you engaged with your spouse to um i guess better better your parenting together using those tools because it's one thing for Mm -hmm. me to like say oh yeah I, i have this thing of reflective listening that i'm working on or um whatever the tool is but i went to school for that i've heard firsthand and i've practiced it how do I help my spouse? Or how has that conversation with your spouse gone? To go, okay, this is not the right way to do it, or this is why I'm doing it this way, and it may seem like a complete flip from like last week before I went to class, or you know, mm-hmm. before last night's chapter on fill in the blank expertise. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So, what's that journey been like of becoming one in your
2: parenting style too? Yeah, I am. Um, so, I don't know what your story is, Ari. Um, I imagine. Well, at least I'll just speak from my personal experience um, and just my own growth as a college man who is dating on, at Franciscan University, where <laughs> two weeks in, it's talking about marriage and talking about kids. Um, right off the bat. Yeah. And you yep. know how many kids alone. you
1: want by the second date. Exactly.
2: Yep. <laughs> and how we're going to mind the, you know, just everything. So So, in a certain sense, as, as car that is and learning to like, okay, let's just like slow down and be present. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a time and place that you do talk about kids. You, do talk, you Not just kids as in like in context of like how many, but more as to what are the values we want to bring into our family life mm-hmm. and how do we want to raise our kids. Understanding A, my own personal experience. And that's the kicker. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people realize like, oh yeah, my mom and dad... You know, we're emotionally abusive. That's fine. That's normal. It's like, well, hmm. let's like, slow down for a moment. Is it? You know? Um, so to keep in mind that like, okay, what was my experience growing up? What do I envision my my the parent relationship with my kids, but my parent relationship with my spouse to look like? Mm-hmm. And what values do we want to kind of um, amplify or amplify um, in it? So you have those conversations. But you have to come back to those conversations, Mm -hmm. and come keep coming back, keep coming back to, hey, where are we? Where are you? Where am I? Um, Has things changed now? Yeah, it's not a it's not a one and done. No, (laughs) No. I'm glad you got that. It's
1: not not have they changed. It's when they change. Yes, (laughs) Mm -hmm. yes.
2: And the thing is, though, is like I think that those values do make a difference, though, mm-hmm. and and that's an interesting part because if anything, I think that might be where that may cause a f- uh, a friction in a marriage is, well, you know, I grew up in this way, and I and that was very valuable, you know, um, it has pros and cons, but more pros and cons where your your husband or wife will be like, I I disagree, and I want to do the exact opposite, so it is. A, a process, I would say, to get you down to your values. I would say that, you know, with my wife and I, um, because our journeys have been very similar in the context of growing up, but also to, you know, um, because I am a counselor and Margaret and I, you know, we have these conversations about child development. We, we have these conversations about the values of counseling, the values of self Growth and um, uh, becoming the better version of yourself. Mm-hmm. That they, they align really closely together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that has made a significant difference that when our values are very closely related, mm-hmm. yeah. then we see it in the same way. Um, an example of this would be so, Austin's three, um, we decided at the beginning of the school year, so in May, you no. Know, in August, to put him th- um, in the toddler's program at our local Montessori school.
3: Mm. Mm-hmm. I love that.
2: And w- what happened or what transpired to that, making that decision, was in the spring, there was an open house. Um, and we all went, so Margaret and I and Austin went, and we talked to the teacher, but we talked to the teacher for about two hours. Mm. Wow, Learning about Montessori school, but also both Margaret and I noticed that we were, I would say on fire, or at least we were very much excited about what they had to offer. Um, And I'm not here to say Montessori is the best (laughs) above everything else. I'm just saying that (laughs) (laughs) in, yeah, in this experience, both Margaret and I were excited. Mm -hmm. Both Margaret and I understood the value that they were promoting. And both Margaret and I wanted that value. Mm -hmm. Mm Um, And so I definitely think before application of any parenting style and skill, it needs to be discussed and evaluated. And at least if not agreed on and backed by each parent, at least tolerated Mm. um, would I would say that. If I might not agree completely, but I'll tolerate it and I'll accept it and you can do your thing, I'll do mine. Yeah. Um, but there needs to be that conversation, available. at least between the yeah. two, so it's not just throw up your hands,
0: I'll tolerate it. But we mm-hmm. we're kind of coming to this understanding of where you're coming from, where I'm coming from,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and that mm-hmm. like the word self sacrifice comes to mind. Yeah, I might mm-hmm. want this particular thing, but it's not just about me parenting these children and raising them up as the saints God called them to be. It is the two of us together, and you right. you as spouse also have this viewpoint these values and we're trying to figure out how this looks not for two individuals but for one one couple raising uh however mm-hmm. many children we have.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think uh, the other thing that I was thinking of is um Albert and I were um you know, I guess I'm sort of lucky Albert and I were both trained as coaches, so he has these tools too. So that makes it easier, but I think having the tools to know how to reframe your thoughts also helps you bring that compassion and that patience to your spouse. If they don't like Mm. an idea, if they don't, if they are opposed to something you want to do, you can start asking them the same kind of questions that you want to ask your kids when you're trying to be patient with them. Why? Like, (laughs) can you give me a one word emotion? What is this making you feel? What is it bringing Mm -hmm. up? What are you thinking? Is there something, you know, deeper going on here? You can start to ask those questions and really get to the root instead of just being like, you're just being stubborn and you think everything you did, your parents did was perfect. You know, you can actually go into it and be like, why was that important to you? Like, Mm -hmm. what what are you making this mean about our relationship? Relationship if our kid goes to this school instead of this school. What are you making it mean about our family? You know, and just kind of really diving into those questions. Um, you know, I think about uh for for me, I I had this expectation that Albert was gonna be the fun parent, period. Mm. And I wouldn't have to be, because that was how I grew up. My dad was a (laughs) hundred Jake will back me on this. He is like 110% fun, like he comes up with the goofy games, he's got the sense of humor, like he's just and my mom kept. The machinery running, you know, she uh-huh. she she did a lot of the the childcare and obviously the homeschooling and, you know, but she was sort of the like the the force in the family that got things done in that way. And dad brought the party. Mm-hmm. And so I just thought, oh, that's what that's parents. Mom does this and dad does this. And that's always how it is. But the thing is, is that I grew up in a family of 10 kids and we've got lots of traditions and lots of silly jokes and lots of inside (laughs) stories and lots of movie quotes. And my husband grew up in a family with two children and did not have the childhood I had. So it took me a really long time to realize that when I was waiting for him to like do the goofy thing or say the funny movie quote or whatever, he just, he hadn't had it growing up. He didn't have that in his arsenal of dad tricks, Yeah, but I did. So it was like, okay, well then I'll be the one who sings the goofy song. I'll be the one who like, you know, creates this, like makes the birthdays a big deal, whatever it is. And multiple times my husband has thanked me and says that he feels like he's getting a second childhood because I've got all these kid things (laughs) and I'm letting him do them for the first time too. You know, so it's like stepping into, if your spouse isn't, doing something the way you want them to be doing it or isn't showing up as a parent you think they should to ask yourself why like why do Mm -hmm. I have this expectation and is this a gift I can bring to the table and then I can allow them the freedom to show up the way they do because my husband is such a sensitive person and he's so thoughtful with our children and he thinks of things that they need that I don't think of he's Mm -hmm. so aware he hears them at night. I do not hear them at night. I am like the only <laughs> mom in the world without the mom gene to hear the baby cry. I never hear anybody. But I will wake up the next morning and he'll tell me, oh my gosh, so-and-so had a really rough night last night. And I'll be like, I'm so sorry. I heard nothing. <laughs> <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I sleep like the stereotypical husband sleeps. I'm just like, I, I heard nothing. So if you don't tap me on the shoulder, and sometimes he like literally has to shake me and be like, so-and-so needs you. And I'm like, I, I heard nothing. Yeah. So anyways, mm-hmm. it's just, it's an interesting question of like, What are those expectations that you're bringing from your childhood, good or bad? Because I would say the other thing, and I'd love to ask you this question, Jake. If you see this in your clients, if there's a difference between the clients who don't have children yet and the clients who do and the way they think about their parents. Because from my perspective, I had some judgments about my parents until I became a parent. And then I realized what they had been up against and suddenly i realized that like i had so much more compassion i had this understanding that they really were doing the best that they could and if they dropped the ball in one tiny area there were 15 areas where they did great you know mm-hmm. so i just i guess i just wonder if you ever see that that there's a difference between the people who don't have kids yet themselves or the people who are struggling through parenting
2: yeah i can't give you an accurate answer because mm-hmm. i would say that majority of my clientele is all young adults mm. so either the not, not in a relationship, in a dating relationship, engaged, but just got married. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, or have been now having like kids like under like six. Sure. Mm-hmm. So you know, and and that's a high percentage, you know. Um, and there are other people that yeah, I would say that like it's changed. You know, other clients who have kids, you know, for longer, you know, like, let's say five. I have. It hasn't. What I've noticed, and in the clients that I do have, that have, you know, I have a bunch of, I have bunch, I have a good number of like moms, mm-hmm. you know, who, you know, mom of eight. And like I have a lot of, you know, moms. Uh-huh. Um, and what I've noticed is not so much that, oh yeah, I understand my parents now, and you know, I'm more self-compassionate towards them. There's a lot of woundedness that actually comes up.
1: Mm, that, interesting.
2: Wow my parents did me wrong in these areas Mm -hmm. and I'm now coming to that realization. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's kind of more of what I see in regards to the perception of the relationship with the parents is A, how hurt I've been by my parents and B, I want a relationship with my parents but I can't have it the way I want it because Mm -hmm. I would have to sacrifice my agency and freedom and I'm trying to, to maintain that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what does a relationship as an adult, as an adult with kids, look like with my parents mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm finding my own voice? Um, so those that's what I see most okay. rather than, a, oh, yeah, I understand now why my parents did what they did. <laughs> right. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay.
2: Interesting. Yeah.
0: Um, What's coming to mind is that uh, scripture passage um, where Jesus says, "What what man among you who, when your your child asks for, I forget whether it's an egg, you give him a stone, and if he asks mm-hmm, for bread, mm-hmm. you give him a serpent, and if you who mm-hmm. are evil know how to how to give good gifts to your children, how much more the Father in heaven will give you, I forget what, bounties, riches, or something, something really awesomely <laughs> and good, <laughs> like." <laughs> Just that juxtaposition of we interiorly kind of know even if we don't do it perfectly or even close to perfectly, we know yeah. what we want for our kids. Yeah and how much more God wants that. Um yeah. I, I guess I'm thinking more on the spiritual side. In your parenting, how have you seen like winks of winks of God's parenthood of you? <laughs> um and I I can start uh... off so so I've got five kids oldest is about to be 15 in a week and two days that hurt coming out of my mouth (laughs) Um, (coughs) i remember turning 15 oh my gosh ouch something cricked in my neck for that Um, (laughs) but i I like remember with with him and a couple of the others like holding that squishy newborn baby in my arm Mm. with all of the love with all of the like like it's almost indescribable the feeling of parenthood mm-hmm. at least how i experienced it i'm sure there I, I know there are some out there that maybe that was not their experience of encountering parenthood either with a first second or however many but mm-hmm. for for me there was this this holding my child in the arms like just cradling like you're you're going to be safe you're you're mine this is awesome this is love this is like I, oh my gosh and like the tap on the shoulder from God, going, and that's how you are to me.
3: Mm.
0: Um, mm-hmm. So I, I've wondered if if you guys have had those glimpses of like God's parenthood of you um, through your through your own parenthood.
1: Yeah. 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 You know, when, oh, do you want to go, Jake?
0: Go for it, Liz.
1: I was just gonna say, I just it reminds me of the the. My first, my oldest, when I gave birth, I haven't had this specific reaction to the other births, and maybe it's because it was the first one, but I remember the moment I gave birth and saw that baby for the first time, the most, I can only describe it as like a fierce animalistic love for this mm-hmm. kid that like, I would do anything for this baby. I remember my first thought being fairly violent, something like I would kill for you. Like it was like a really <laughs> dramatic and I didn't, I didn't plan it and that wasn't thought through. It was just this gut reaction to seeing this baby and mm. just the ferocity of the love I think was what almost startled me. Um, you know, I you know everybody talks about mama bear, but just, it really was this, this fierce love. And I think about that with God that like, We think of his love sometimes as just sort of soft and comforting, Mm. but it's, it's fierce. It's fierce and it's, and it'll do anything for you. And, Mm. and that means sometimes that he'll let you suffer Mm. because he loves you and he wants what's best for you. And I think that's something Mm. else that comes up for me, that if my child pushes me away over and over, I'll let them push me away because Mm. I'll let them struggle So that they'll come back and ask for help. I'll recognize that I can't force myself on them. I can't force my love. Mm -hmm. I can't force my care. So if my kid is struggling with their shoes and insists on struggling alone, I have to let them (laughs) struggle alone and be like, okay, well, I'm here if you need me and I can help you. I have the answers. I have the Mm -hmm. answers. I have the abilities. I can help you, but I'm not going to force myself on you. If this is something you feel like you need to do alone and God does that to me all day long. (laughs) Like, okay, Elizabeth, if you really want to handle this alone, you can, you don't have to though. Yeah. You could ask me. I'm right here and I would love to help you. I'm 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 literally dying to help you. Yeah. If you would just let me and I'll mm-hmm. push him away and throw temper tantrums and scrunch up my ears and not listen, you know? <laughs> and and he's always there and he's always waiting for that invitation to come back where I finally drop my mm. arms and go, I can't do it. Can you do it? And he's like, Yes, I'd love to. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm.
1: You know? So there's just a lot of those, just those elements of like. You know, or when you, you know, when you watch a kid, you know, suffer the consequences of their actions in some way or Mm -hmm. struggle to learn something and you just recognize that like, I know you hate learning to read, Mm -hmm. but as soon as you learn, there's going to be this whole world open up for you that you're going to love. So if you suffer through this for a couple of months. Suddenly you're going to be able to open any book and read. I watched my son do this. You know, we struggled a little bit with at the beginning with reading and then something clicked and now that's all he does. And I just think, (laughs) and I tell him that now when he's frustrated with something he's learning. He's like, I can't do it. I'm like, remember when you couldn't read? Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it clicked and now you can read anything you want and you love it. All these storybooks, Narnia and Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit and just all these magical stories. The same thing's going to happen if you just get through this tough spot. You're going to find something mm-hmm. amazing on the other side. So it's just all these God, like, this is how God talks to me all day long. I need mm-hmm. you to suffer for this season, and then it's just going to open all new possibilities for your spiritual life, for your personal life. Just I need you to hang in there with me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, that's my that's my experience. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm, wondering, I'm wondering what you shared, Liz and, and John, um, that – your fathers? I'm, I'm curious if there's a correlationship and I know there is because mm. the science says there is but just for, <laughs> for the sake of conversation, so you're you're set set <laughs> I know the answer a little bit see but if you but give as, me the right but, answer <laughs> or if you need to come see <laughs> me after test, class yeah. <laughs> wrong <laughs> um, but in the spiritual components as to um, and I say this because I know your dad Liz you do know my dad yes Um, In the capacity of what was my fatherhood, what was my experience with my parents, and how that correlates how I perceive God as my father. (laughs) Um, Because I can imagine, and, you know, John, particularly you, I'm sure you see it, and I think you mentioned it once before in our other episodes, of a crappy father... A human father can really influence seeing God as crappy as well mm-hmm. you know judging father here and now as God my father is judging as well do you guys see that in your relationship with God and your relationship with your dads? I, th- I think so that's all I got right now
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll go I'll go a little deeper I actually had a different problem with God and my dad that got uncovered in spiritual direction. Uh, I have such a high opinion of my dad. I think he's amazing. And it's like truly like he's framed as perfect in my mind. And I really struggle with God, the father and I didn't understand why. And I brought it to my spiritual director and he said, it's because you've decided that your dad loves you 10 and 10 is perfect and you don't need God's love, but God can love you infinitely but you're like, I'm good. I don't need infinite because I've got 10. Hmm. So I actually was idolizing my dad and that was keeping God away, Interesting. Mm. which was so unique because I'd always heard about daddy wounds and I resented the stories about daddy wounds because I <laughs> didn't have one. And especially in Catholic environments, it's always assumed that you have a father wound that you need to talk about. And if you insist you don't, it's sort of looked at with disbelief or you're envied or you're questioned. It's never just, exactly (laughs) denial. And it's never just accepted that like, no, I just, I truly had a great dad. Like I can't explain Mm -hmm. how well he listened and how much he loved me and how he always complimented us. He always told us Mm -hmm. how pretty we were. He always told us that, you know, he always wanted to know more about our dreams and help us pursue them. You know, I, I, I always use the example of, I asked to go on a mission trip one time, And uh, my uh, dad's response was, if it's God's will, do it. And mom's response was, um, as long as there's no civil unrest. (laughs) 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 But like for my dad, it was always just do it. At one point I was in Europe and I didn't think I was going to be able to get to Ireland because I didn't think I had enough money. And dad got on the phone with me and said, you don't go to Ireland. You're going to regret it for the rest of your life. And I went to Ireland and -hmm. it was amazing. But if he hadn't pushed me, but he always believed in us and he always supported us. and He always complimented us. So it ended up being, weirdly enough, detrimental to my relationship with God because I saw my dad as God. He was perfect mm-hmm. and he provided all the love and care that I, and support that I needed. So anyways, mm-hmm. it was an interesting mindset shift for me when I, when I recognized yeah. that and realized like, oh, there's still a lot that I need to learn and understand. And I'm still mm-hmm. on that journey about like, who mm-hmm. is God and what does his love look like? And, you know, how am I blocking myself from receiving that yeah. love. How am I pushing it away from me? You know? Yeah. Yeah.
2: And then and then translating that to so like how then do I become that vessel for my children? Right. Mm-hmm. So I've I've learned what I'm learning is that our experiences impact us who we are in our relationships mm-hmm. with God, with with myself and with others. So in the context of to your question, John, like how we see God's hand in our parenthood, in our relationship with Him as our father. Um, to see that, like, yeah, our relationship with our human parents can have an impact, and then our relationship with our kids can have an impact on that relationship with ourselves, with God. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say this: so, to answer that question in a roundabout way, because I'm good at that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Danielle, no, <laughs>
1: you just take the scenic route, Jake. It's beautiful. I do,
2: <laughs> I do. Yep. So, taking that scenic route. Um, when we first found out that we were having Austin, um, I thought we were going to have a girl. And this, inv- and I'm an idealist for good and for bad. <laughs> um, so this idea, all right, to be a girl or dad and, and this like envision what that looks like. Um, you know, the time spent with them, um, like those tea parties and like, you know, the first uh, the father-daughter dance at the wedding. I mean, there's a lot of envisioning that goes on into that. So when we found out that we were having a boy... I had to, like, take a moment to, like, shift my focus. And, like, mm. what does that mean to have a boy? Mm. Um, and I'll tell you, it was so exciting. And it really is so exciting to have a boy because I get to be a boy as well, you know. <laughs> um, and in part to that, and, again, this goes back to some of the science, I guess, that boys need to learn through their bodies, you know. So the So one of the neat things that I'm learning as a parent is – I need to spend time with my son. Mm-hmm. And in that time, I need to make contact. I need to mm-hmm. make physical contact yes. with him. Yeah. And in that process, and, and I have many discussions with young men and I have, you know, awesome discussions um, about this context of how to raise boys. Mm-hmm. Um, and in particular, it's it's that time spent, but it really is learning to test your son. That one of the reasons why house wrestling is so important for fathers and sons in particular is to allow the father to give an opportunity for the the son to test his strength. Can I hurt dad? Can I Mm -hmm. cause him to wince? Um, And for the dad to push back. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because I'm noticing now that Austin's getting a little bit bigger where... There's almost a, a um, I use the word tension, but this, 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 you know, I see him and I'll, you know, throw him a jab, you know, <laughs> while we're like, walking by each other. Um, earlier today when we were, th- this evening when we were putting him down to bed, he's running around and every time he passes me, he comes and hits me, <laughs> you know. And I'm fine with that because mm-hmm. in the context of play, in the context of that area, yeah, mm-hmm. great. Throw a punch, you know. Hit dad. Test yourself <laughs> mm-hmm. against strength, because as a boy, you need to know am I capable? And your father is the first primary primary um, person who's going to teach you that. Mm-hmm. And you do that through physical action. Okay. So where am I going with this? My relationship with God. My struggle, one of the significant struggles I, I have with God, is why suffering you know that big question and for me it's not just like the big ass fight the big sufferings but just like you know monday um, <laughs> monday morning i went down to start the dryer and the dryer died oh um i literally so thought it,
1: you were just going to end with the word monday and i was going to agree with you i was going to yeah, be monday
2: yeah, I, I was thinking that too <laughs> exactly. but there was more suffering. to the monday
1: oh no i'm yeah. sorry it was a real monday
2: <laughs> oh it was it was it was awful because the dry, So when I pressed the dryer And it didn't start What went through my mind Was anger mm.
3: Mm.
2: And Why? Because Now I can't do laundry So that's mm-hmm. gonna Inconvenience My family I have to pay Someone to come in Now Could I have done that? Yes But this whole thing, and I'm learning. Okay, first homework, I get it. I can do it on my own. I get it. But
1: YouTube, for YouTube, the sake my of, yeah <laughs>
2: yep. convenience. I'm like, if I don't know how to fix this, I got to bring someone in to do it. Mm-hmm. So all these scenarios kind of come in my head, and I got angry. And I, I notice a lot of times when I get angry in this inconveniences and suffering, is I need to find someone to blame. Mm. And in my prayer, which it. Took me to prayer That incident Mm. um, I was like Wow Lord You didn't hold Your punches Mm. Now I'm not making the claim That God punches Mm -hmm.
3: For the sake of (laughs) Punching Mm -hmm. Right
2: But If I parallel my relationship With my son That I will throw a jab Mm -hmm. To get his attention To test him Mm -hmm. And to call him on Into a relationship with me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just as Scripture teaches us, right? God wrestled with
1: Jacob, Jacob.
2: (laughs) and he just he he punched. I mean, he wrestled enough that he dislocated Jacob's hip. So it's like he didn't hold his punches then. Yeah. So, and I had this awesome conversation with my men's group, and I kind of shared this reflection, and um, one of the guys mentioned how suffering and those inconveniences is, is God's way of giving us an opportunity, giving me an opportunity to engage in a relationship with him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So even though it's, wow, that's, I'm angry about this inconvenience. And yes, it hurts. Like, yeah, that was a jab that hurts. Now I get to enter in a relationship with, now I get to invest with my dad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now I get Mm -hmm. to engage him. Now I get to be loved by him. Mm -hmm. Now I get to be tested, you know, um, which is hilarious because I think the next day I threw like a, a you know, I, I don't think I bruised my kids. But again, this is all in play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I, I threw a jab at Austin. and I, I went a little bit too hard and it hit him and he started crying a little bit. I was like, oh yeah, I, I didn't hold back. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> God doesn't cause suffering, but he allows suffering to happen. Mm-hmm to give us an opportunity to enter into a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. So as a son in a relationship with God, the father, I'm learning that in particular, it's the relationship of a boy and his dad mm-hmm. and yeah. what that looks like and a- entering into it. And I will say this, that you sh- you shift it to now having a daughter. Now it's kind of shifting where it's like, okay, what is, not the Lord's feminine side in the sense like he's a woman, but this context of like, his compassion and his mercy.
1: Not even that, but just being the... You're making me think about my relationship with my dad and how that plays into my relationship with God. And I'm thinking about um, consolation when I'm sad, but also, like, like if you have a car problem, you call your dad. Like, I mm-hmm. do. I know girls who can, like, totally take care of the flat right. tower on the side of the road. I am not one of them. Um, so let's go with stereotypes, because I am totally a stereotype when it comes to femininity. <laughs> but that daddy- <laughs> But that feminine genius is receptivity. So Mm -hmm. receptivity is being broken down on the side of the road and calling your dad or needing an oil change and not being sure if this place is screwing me over or if this place has a better price. You know, just those questions that you ask dad that only dad can answer. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking about that from this perspective of like, okay, I don't necessarily wrestle with dad, though actually my dad was a pretty hardcore wrestler and he had seven girls so he didn't have a lot of <laughs> options for who he was gonna wrestle with. So we had a lot of wrestling with dad. But yeah. there was a lot of rough housing. But with that being said, that concept of, you know, um I had three brothers too. I didn't want to throw that out there. Like there were boys around the house. There just weren't as many as there were girls. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was scanning but, your
0: family thinking. I Sorry. Think they were I have, boys, I have, but, yeah. I
1: have three. Yes. There's three brothers, but there were just a lot of girls. So dad's yeah, options yeah, yeah. were mostly female. Um, but, but also just like that concept of, you know, calling on dad mm. because something's wrong. And I remember thinking that recently about life that I was going through a couple of difficult things and, I was praying and I was asking the Lord why. And I felt like I heard him so clearly say, because you'll talk to me when things are wrong, Hmm. but you won't necessarily call me if you're okay. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, yeah, that's sort of how I am with my parents. Right? Mm -hmm. Like if something's wrong, it's like help. But if everything's fine, it's like, Things are great. Bye. You know, like there's uh-huh. not a deep conversation. There's not like a my yeah. heart's broken and I want to talk to you. Yeah. yeah, it's just everything's fine. Everything's fine. I gotta go. I got the meeting with friends. Whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah. you think yeah. college, like just yeah. But what it's you're me heartbroken,
0: for, for both of your your sharing is just how how different God's particular way of working with you and being being God being parent to you, being father to you, how different that is, and what comes to mind. uh, two things one is that um i'm sure you're familiar with what is it chapman's five love languages yes um, love that so let me take the scenic route if i can if i don't get lost <laughs> along the way
3: <laughs> we love <detox. laughs>
0: so um greg and lisa Popcheck have uh developed this um domestic church uh, liturgy of domestic church life uh, which has three different rituals within it, and the first one uh, that they call the spark for the other ones is the the rite of relationship, and that's marked by um, extravagant affection is is one of them, and discipleship disciplining is, is I think the other part. But with this extravagant affection, it is this love incarnate. We incarnate uh, the love of God to our kids and. For the first however many years, and Jake, you know of the science on that one, I'm sure, which particular years uh, we are the face of God to our kids. And so the way that we show them love, mm. they are more loved. Love is more real to them the more that we show them. And mm. what struck me was having five kids, how differently each one of my kids receives love. Yes. Um, so for a couple of them, it is the rough and tumble. It is the, you know, the punching. It is the literal wrestling. For another, yeah. it's it's the words of affirmation. For another, it's just yeah. spending time. For another, it's just listening. Um, but for all of them, their love tank, so to, to, so to speak, mm. is filled up differently. And mm. there was this one Catholic speaker that said, it's beautiful how God in this framework of five love languages also speaks to us in our particular love Mm -hmm. language. For some of us, it is going to be the words of affirmation. For some of us, it is going to be the punching and breaking our hips or arms or giving us a (laughs) bruise or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. For others, it might just be sitting alone with him. And as I was listening to each of you, I was thinking, that's so beautiful how how your connection with God um, is different and unique to you. And neither one is wrong. It's just particularly a unique uh, unique, uh, instantiation of it. And it's connected to your own, your own yeah. parent.
1: It, it's so interesting because as you're talking, I'm thinking about the five love languages and how they're present in our faith. That that mm-hmm. you know, sitting in adoration is quality time, and mm-hmm. processing is physical touch. You know, just like that physical yeah. movement of the body, and and communion really is physical touch. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the words of affirmation. I mean, all the beautiful prayers that we have. It's just it's interesting that you can find. Yeah each of the love languages in our faith. I hadn't thought about that.
2: I think there's a complexity though at the same time, right? So it's, in, it's mm-hmm. interesting because the different ways you love your kids is learning the different realities of God mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in your relationship with, your, with you. Because like I said, having a boy, learning my relationship with him, learning the values of what it is to how to make a man, mm-hmm. right? Right. And how God's doing that with me Mm -hmm. directly. Mm -hmm. But now having a girl, okay, how do I, as a father, bring about that true worth of, you know, of of receptivity, that true femininity? Mm -hmm. Which again, going back to many, many times, I see young, incredible, amazing, beautiful women that go into my in my in my doors that are, you know, um counseling, who are who are just broken and who have been just betrayed
3: mm-hmm.
2: um and hurt by their dad in, in so significant ways that it's like, okay, how do I be a dad of a daughter? Yeah. And then in correlationship to that, and I think that's kind of the neat unique journey that I'm waiting to enter into my relation with God to see okay, me doing that to her, my daughter, um Olivia, um <laughs> now waiting to see God do this, that very similar reaction with me, mm-hmm. but in those similar components. Yeah. Um, an example would be um, one of my clients, you know, right? I think it was a week or two before Margaret gave, you know, went into labor. Labor. Um, she asked, so what are you looking forward to um, being a girl or dad? <laughs> and I said, I'm looking forward to um, giving my daughter a nickname. <laughs> hmm, interesting. An endearing nickname One that Is endearing between Both of us mm-hmm. And being able to Use that and call her By that name For all of her life So that on the day Of her wedding On our first You know Father and daughter dance hmm. I can I get to repeat that name
3: hmm.
2: You know So kind of like that Generational Like Cross time love yeah. For my daughter Yeah Um. So it's like That was kind of a that was my answer. And I'm like, that's kind of cool. Like, that's something that kind of <laughs> stuck out. So now I'm kind of, like, learning, waiting to see, okay, how is now, how is that going to, what does that look like? Like, if God said the same thing with me, mm. you know, um, in that component, like, what's the name that God's given me that he's going to want to use as an endearment, right? And I use the word endearment in particular, right? It's in the, in the correlation of, like, father-daughter endearment. Mm-hmm. Time and, and presence, I would say, is significant for, for daughters yeah. um, in a particular way. Um, seeing how guys are going to do that with me. Yeah. And
1: I love that because that, that speaks to me in a very specific way because my dad and my godfather had a specific name that only they called me. Um, and it was little bit. It was like a play on my name, Elizabeth, but it was little bit. And that was their name for me. And I always felt so seen and so loved by those two men because of it. Like there was Mm -hmm. something about the fact that this was their special name for me. No one else called me that. Um, It always was said with like like joy, like it was sort of called out a little bit, you know, and, and they give me a big hug and they gave the best hugs because my dad and my uncle Denny are both like over six feet tall and they just give really good big hugs. So, mm-hmm. uh, it's just, uh, that speaks to me. Cause I'm like, yeah, like that endearing name that's just between you and that person, you and your dad, um, is mm-hmm. really special. And I think mm-hmm. something else that I was thinking of was, I, I think some of the things that are interesting about this and, Um, John, I'm sure you can speak to this as well, is that, you know, I have two sons and two daughters. And I think the other interesting thing as a parent is learning the differences even among masculinity and femininity. What? That doesn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) But not even just between... Not even just between masculinity and femininity, but between different types of masculinity.
3: Mm, You
1: know, because I see Mm, in one of my mm, sons, he is very much that wrestle with God type of personality. Very active, very physical. He wants to beat us both up. Every time he walks past us, (laughs) he's swinging. And it's like, what is happening? I don't want to do this. This is not my love language. But then my other son is very intellectual. He's very thoughtful. Mm-hmm. He wants quality time. He wants deep discussions. He doesn't necessarily want that rough and tumble play, yep. but he's very masculine in his own way. Yeah. Uh, even, yeah. even, you know, we laugh sometimes because he's a little, um, as thoughtful as he is, he's not very in touch with um, mm, other people's emotions sometimes. So he'll mm-hmm. just kind of state facts really <laughs> bluntly, very in a very masculine way. And you're like, okay, that was too, too true.
3: <laughs>
1: Maybe reel it back a little, buddy. Maybe try it's to some... tap into some sensitivity here. It's really funny. But but then with my girls, even my girls, I have a rough and tumble girl and a very effeminate, mm. you know, ruffles and pink type of girl. So yeah. even that, it's been very interesting to try to navigate those two very different yeah. types. Yeah. So there's that, like constantly learning how God has created even categories almost inside of those uh, ultimate categories of Mm -hmm. femininity and masculinity. But Mm -hmm. then the flip side is my spiritual director said this one time, and I loved it so much as an example of, of what parents bring to the table as man and as woman. Um, Father Boniface one time told me that, because I was frustrated, right? Because I felt like I'm not appreciated. The husband is always appreciated more by the kids because he's like, (laughs) he's cool and he has, you know, whatever. He just brings a different vibe to the table and mom is just like, whatever, she's always there. And Father Boniface said, mom is God always present. And Mm. dad is God rescuing. (laughs) Like dad is God who makes the like, boom, I'm here and I'm coming through for you kind of experience. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. mom is the, I'm always here, always love you. I'm always nurturing you. So there's even just these different elements of God that the parents, as man and as woman, bring to the table to show their kids. That like sometimes God is the superhero who comes in and saves you at the last second and it's amazing. And sometimes God is just there and he's just holding Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. He's just saying, I know this hurts. I know this hurts and I'm here. So it's just even that element is so interesting.
0: Yeah. And it's beautiful to be able to be in a spot to recognize that in each other, you know, as husband and wife and Mm -hmm. parents of kids and even the differences in kids. Mm
2: -hmm. I know that
0: every now and then, you know, like being the dad, I am the fun one or I might be able to (laughs) lay down the law in like two seconds, whereas it may have been like 45 minutes of, you know, discussion back Mm -hmm. and forth. And like in the blink of an eye, it's like it's done. Yes, and
1: dad's whistle uh, man. That was terrifying oh, when he would call for you to oh, come yeah. up to the house. I was like coming. <laughs> Mom could yell all day long, and it was like, I mean, I'll be there in a minute. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: But it's beautiful letters of that complementarity between yes. the husband and wife and the masculine and feminine because there'll be sometimes it's like, oh, you're gonna die. You're gonna die now. <laughs> yeah,
3: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> we went one second over that two seconds that should have ended, <laughs> and then it's like the the, the gentleness and like, okay, yeah. John, you. Uh, need to step out for a moment. You need to calm down, and here is the, com- the the firm but compassionate feminine, yeah. right. I don't know, tenderness, warmth.
2: Right. Um,
0: whereas other times yeah. it's no, you need the brick wall of of the dad.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
0: To to run up against, especially if it's perhaps the the masculine, uh, yes. the, the male children. They need more alpha of that.
1: dog. <laughs> yeah,
3: they need more
2: of the the wall running into.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
2: I wonder. So it's interesting because and maybe this is a stretch and I'm not 100% sure about this and I'm one of you both heard about this, um, archetypes. That the context of um, femininity and masculinity and the different archetypes of God um, as to like God as the presence, God as the rescuer, mm-hmm. you know, God, like these different, I would say archetypes of storylines. I don't mm-hmm. know how you want to right. categorize yeah. it. And again, I'm... This is maybe a little bit more of a stretch, but like I understand archetypes as a, as a component of understanding reality, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and understanding people. Um, where what's the story or what's the the mold to which we have a relationship with that person? So like with our kids, it's like there's gonna be uniqueness of each of them. Mm-hmm. So it's not to say. And it's not to compare your kids to one another, but to say you are unique Mm -hmm. and you are man and you are woman. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's a certain like archetype or a certain um, person you are becoming Mm -hmm. and relating that as a parent to my kid, but then to seeing how God relates to them and then to me in that same archetype in that same way. Mm -hmm. Then with another kid, your second kid, where it's a completely different story. Mm -hmm. And God is still loving you as the parent in that way. He's still yes. parenting you in that way. Um, but they're also loving... God's loving your child in that way. So it's just interesting, the dyna- the mm-hmm. dynamics um, and the vers- vers- versatility of God in our relationship with us that His love is infinite mm-hmm. because we are... I, don't want, I use the word infinitely because we are divine as well. Right? Like that reality of you know because we're made in an image and likeness of god there is no bottom to the depth that we can go in understanding ourselves mm-hmm. but also understanding our relationship with god yeah you know so to say that like i have to love my kids only in this way it's mm-hmm. like there's 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 right. plethora of ways to love your kids which right. is why right. when you talk about and I, and I kind of come back and throw it to you guys in the context of like practical advice before we kind of mm-hmm. end here. Yeah, I was just
0: thinking, um, what's, what, <laughs> we need to have practical stuff, for you know, to yeah. close out. <laughs>
2: but, or you just but, keep
1: talking, we get two part.
2: <laughs> but to, to that extent though is, there's no, there's a margin of right and wrong yeah. that like, yeah, there are like black and whites, yeah. but within that margin, within that space, there's creativity and uniqueness. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, and so I think, it's As parents, it's not to beat yourself up, but just say, okay, what's the archetype? What's the story of my relationship with my s- first oldest, second, mm-hmm. third, and fourth, and fifth, and sixth, and mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then how? what's that like with my relationship with God? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that might give you some, some insight as to don't think that you have to be a perfect parent or that you have to get it right, but yeah, to learn. Yeah,
0: we're... Yeah. we're we're in progress. I think we mentioned this when we were talking about um, maybe movies. or so There was a previous episode where we talked about we're, we're constantly in progress. And even our parenting is constantly in progress. So perhaps mm-hmm. this season, and I'll use the word season, perhaps the, one child needs more of the physical touch. And mm-hmm. experiencing that love of me as father or my wife as, as mother in that particular way. But perhaps in a next season, they will need a more a more verbal approach and hearing the words of mm-hmm. affirmation. All of that rounding out the infinite love of God in their their humanity, in whom in whose image and likeness, um, you know, they've been made. Mm-hmm. Um, but like paying attention that don't uh, like I can't just I shouldn't just box them in as like oh the only way this person this child receives love is physical touch. Well, no, mm-hmm. that's right now,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and in a, in the a future it may change and I need to adapt with that because I love them whole and entire Mm -hmm. in all of their senses and all of their uniqueness. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think also for me, one of the things I think about is, um, if you think that there's a right type of personality and a wrong type of personality to explore that in your own mind, I think, you know, a lot of the time I end up working in personality types with coaching and we talk about these different people and how they have different temperaments and different you know, just different strengths and weaknesses. For instance, in my in my case with my two sons, I have a very thoughtful, uh, you know, dare I say, professor type of son. My in-laws <laughs> call him Sheldon because <laughs> he just sits there all the time with his book at the table. He's always got a book at mm-hmm. the table. And then I've got my rough and tumble. And I think there are a lot of people who would look at my rough and tumble one and say, well, he's like a real boy. Right. Mm. And the other one is just sort of this nerd. And so just those stereotypes or even whatever, whatever it is, maybe it's not a stereotype, but if you have a belief about your child's personality, that being feminine means this, that being masculine Mm -hmm. means this, that it should be this way. As soon as you use that word should, you're creating a rule that God didn't create. Mm -hmm. And I think it's time to question that. So for instance, for me, I think... That people who are super pushy and opinionated and decisive are a problem. That is something that I struggled with my whole life. And I'm (laughs) learning now through coaching that that's not true, that they bring gifts to the table that I simply wasn't gifted with. I have my own Mm -hmm. gifts, but that the super decisive people have their gifts too. The world needs decisive people. We don't all need to be wishy-washy like me. So, you know, taking that time to kind of explore, if you have a super decisive kid and you think of that as a problem, think, no, actually that's an asset and a gift. And how do I want to train it? How do I want to help them learn to use it virtuously? You know, just how do, how do I want to view this child as a good thing? I'm actually, you know, this personality is a good thing. I, and how can we lean into his strengths and then sort of work with his flaws, not just, you know you know, crush him or hurt his feelings. Or, you know, I was thinking about your wife, Jacob. I was thinking about, she told me one time that, you know, Saint, you know, Saul was out there murdering Christians and, and storming around, like trying to do what he was convicted to do, what he felt convicted to do. And God looked at this murderous guy and said, Ooh, I want him on my team. (laughs) 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 And, And just that he knew that if Saul converted, he would have just as hardcore convicted of an attitude towards the faith.
3: Mm-mm.
1: You know, so so the same concept of like when you're looking at the personalities of your children, if you think someone should be a different way, should be able to handle this better, should be more mature in this way, whatever, like drop the should for a second mm-hmm. and then ask yourself, like, why is this personality trait actually good? And how do I want to feel about it? How, how does it show up? in a positive light in this kid's life? So just, mm-hmm. I guess that, like just kind of toying yeah. with those questions.
2: Yeah. And I'll just say, you know, like, kind of like again, practicality, um, Jordan Peterson has a lot of points on parenting,
3: mm.
2: emphasis on um, making a kid likable. Um, in his book, 12, 12, rule for, 12, 12 Rules for Life. Um, if you need a reference, references of where do I go to learn more about parenting? Jonah Peterson. <laughs> um and yeah, and in, in the context of, you know, practical practically, um communicating to your daughters that they're worthy of being loved, pursued, and cherished, and communicating to your sons in all those different love languages, right? Communicating to your sons that they're capable um, of defeating those dragons. Um and then presence. Just be present. Yeah just be present please yeah. be present
3: here
0: yeah, so. yeah yeah something and this can be part of that just an echo of, of that um, in this in this year where we're talking about the Eucharist and real presence of Jesus Christ um, I think as parents and spouses we can be so absent we don't know what real presence is by God until we have this real human presence so as we're parents and as we're you know, being really present to our kids, putting the phone down, um, in whatever season it is, we are giving them a glimpse of the real presence of, of Jesus in the Eucharist, the real presence of God in their midst. And so maybe having that, having that just mindset, um, that our real presence with them is saying something about God who is really present to them here. Mm. And now Mm.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hmm. it makes me think of a challenge that, um, We did one time a marriage challenge that Sterling Jake with did, but it works right now for the the kids as well, is make eye contact when they walk in the room.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: And it's just so simple, but to let them feel seen. Cause I know for sure like I lose track of that. So just that's such a small way to start is just make eye contact.
2: Mm -hmm. Cool. Like
1: that. Awesome.
0: This has been a great conversation. (laughs) I'm glad we were able to talk a little bit more about parenting. (laughs) <laughs> sharing our own experiences of it. Um, so for everyone who's been listening, thank you for joining us once again and tune in next time for when we talk about I don't know what. We just kind of randomly choose things as as the Holy Spirit allows. So thanks for tuning in. Join us next time and uh, we hope to catch you on the next one. God bless.
1: I can't stop. <laughs>